Anyways, <laughs> but uh, but uh, Brother Corey is, uh, has been a blessing, and uh, got to see him again on, on Tuesday down in down in uh, in Turner. Uh, his wife grew up in Turner, and he grew up in Jay, and uh, it's what a blessing it is that they're able to be back here, and, and we get to meet his family uh, today. So, Brother Brother Corey, why don't you come on up, share with us what God has laid on your heart, and introduce us to your family. How long I preach? <laughs> Sometimes 12, 15, 12, 30. Okay. <laughs> You've obviously never heard me before. <laughs> uh, it's good to be here. Uh, we, uh, we're glad to be back in the state of Maine. Amen. I uh, spent the first 29 years of my life in this state. Uh, never thought I would travel any further than uh, South Portland. Thought I would move south, and that was uh, that area. But uh, God moved us a long, long way away from there. Uh, good to have uh, my family with me this time. I have my wife and uh, my oldest, Stan. You, you can see them. My wife, Elizabeth, uh, grew up in the town next door. And Corey uh, was the only one of my children born in Maine. Uh, we, we moved out of the state when he was young. And I have two born in uh, Indiana, one born in West Virginia, one born in Tennessee, uh, one born in Kenya, and uh, Lord willing, we're good. Amen? <laughs> so uh, It's, it's uh, uh, wonderful to be with you all and uh, to see the church. Uh, it was, I, it was a, more of a midweek that I was here, I think, last time. So uh, My family was in Kentucky watching me. Uh, they really enjoyed it because they were watching me on the video, and uh, my head was just this glowing globe, uh, so they got to see this big shining light over my head. They, I didn't know about it until I got back, and it was just the funniest thing to them. Uh, so uh, that, was, that was good. It's good to see uh, uh, like-haired people, uh, the Sunday school teacher, amen, <clears throat> praise the Lord. Uh, it's, always, it's always good to hear another bald person uh, preach and teach the Word of God. Uh, I, I'm going to talk, I'll talk a little bit about what we're, what we're doing and some of the people, but uh, you'll see our video this afternoon, and uh, we will, um, I'll talk more about that, and I don't know, did we say questions? I don't remember. You, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see if you have any questions. I hope you do, uh, and uh, if, if uh, you want to ask me questions beforehand after the service, there's our table back there. Uh, some different things. Um, we have a, a picture of, of what we hope our building to, to look like, uh, and uh, also um, the the whole property, what we kind of are, are planning on. So uh, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, and if you have questions, feel free to ask them uh, after the service or, or as pastor gives time. Let's uh, open our Bibles this morning to the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus. It's, it's also good to have uh, my Aunt Debbie here. Uh, today, she traveled all the way from Baldwin, uh, over near uh, Belfast, uh, just to hear me preach, amen, and, and to see my, my, my kids, I'm sure, so <laughs> it's been a while. We have, we, we've been in Kenya for three and a half years, um, so it's, uh, it's been uh, more than that since we've seen a lot of our family and so forth, so it's, it's been good to catch up with them. Uh, the book of Exodus, chapter number one. Uh, as, uh, as we get into this uh, and talk a, a little bit about the children of Israel and uh, 
about where they were at when Moses uh, came along and, and God brings us up to speed here in Exodus chapter 1. Uh, we, we have an understanding of what Egypt is, and I'm sure most of us <clears throat> are on the same page here, but I'll just say it anyway. But Egypt in, in uh, the Old Testament is always looked at as a picture of the world. Uh, so it's always looked at as, as uh, like we are. When, when we are born, we're born in sin, we're born in the world. Amen? So uh, we're going to, to look at that this morning and, uh, and get more into... Uh, uh, as God leads uh, where he wants us to go. So uh, I want to pray, and then uh, we're going to start reading in, in Exodus chapter number 1, verse 1. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this opportunity that we have uh, and the freedom we have to come together and to uh, worship you, to hear from you, to fellowship with each other. And uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, bless the service that we have. Bless each one that's here. Speak to their hearts this morning. And uh, Father, I pray that uh, each of us has a tender heart and wanting to hear from you and, and whatever you have for us. And uh, Father, I pray that uh, we're, we're obedient to you and that we will uh, do as you see fit in our lives. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Exodus chapter number 1, starting in verse number 1. Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. Now let's jump down to verse number 7. So go through uh, who went into Egypt. And now uh, in verse number 7. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. The new king didn't know Joseph. And usually if the king doesn't know Joseph, that means the people don't know Joseph. And uh, Joseph here was, uh, uh, in years past, had been God's mouthpiece to Egypt, to the world, as, as we would look at it. And uh, Joseph was... Uh, leading the people uh, to God and God's way. And the new king didn't know Joseph. The new king didn't know God. The new king didn't follow God. Didn't know God's people. It, every time I read that, I, I always think of that next generation. And uh, it, it, it always grieves my heart uh, uh, to think what could be. Do, are my kids going to know my God? Are my, my kids going to follow God? Is my God going to become their God? Or are they going to not know my God? And uh, I see it, and you see it, and you know it's unfortunate now uh, because of social media that we get to see just that, that generation that doesn't know God, they don't know him, uh, and I and I don't I don't say any of this because I'm 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 poking at people or or I'm trying to be mean or anything. It's grieving. It's grievous for me. It makes me sad to think. Uh, I, you know, I, I I didn't grow up going to church, and I don't say that for anything other than just to tell you that's the way it was. You know. Um, when God became my God, it was because 
I, I, he became my God. I was 16 years old when I, when I uh, heard the good news. I trusted Christ as my Savior in Portland, Maine. I was at the, the Civic Center. And uh, I had, uh, we'd watched a hockey game, and then after it, it was the Super Bowl. You remember the Super Bowl? Uh, and that was, uh, yeah, we had uh, quite a time there. and uh, They had preaching after the game, and that's the first time that I, I heard really who Jesus is and what he did for me. And I trusted Christ that day, and he became my God. And uh, I say that because that was all new information for me. It was, it was, it was news for a reason. It was good news for me. Uh, and now my kids, they've grown up in church. They've gone to church, I mean, an unbelievable amount of time. Uh, in three and a half years, we traveled, and when we were in church, probably an average of uh, four, uh, four days a week, uh, when you think of all the different meetings we had and so forth. Um, so they've been in church a lot. They've heard it a lot. Is it going to get old? Are they going to get tired of it? Are they going to not know God because, oh, that's just... Whatever, you know, that silliness from when I was a kid. Or, you know, I, I, it grieves me. I know that we have generation that's growing up that doesn't know God. Uh, it's, it's a sad thing when we look on Facebook and you look at people that grew up in church. They grew up under preaching. They grew up under solid teaching. You know who their parents are. And they're just, they've fallen and fallen and fallen, and it's like you see in real time just the explosion slowly happening in their life. It's a, it's a sad, sad uh, thing to see, and I don't want that to happen in my family, and I'm sure you don't want it to happen in your family. Amen? We need to pass God on to that next generation. Pass it on. They need to know who your God is. They don't, not just hear it from a Sunday school teacher, not just hear it from the pastor. They need to know your God. Your God. What's God done for you? What's He done? How has God blessed you? Do they know your story? Do they know your salvation story? Do they know your testimony? Where you came from? How God pulled you out of that place? You know? Do they know? They need to know. They need that story passed on to them. Amen? God's done a lot. God's done a lot for us. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we have the blessing of serving Him and being His servant and, and being total, totally... Uh, every, everything that we do and everything that we have and, and, you know, everything is because God has, has given it to us. Uh, we got rid of uh, our home, uh, got rid of, you know, a lot of our stuff, um, we, were, we were going through some things. We're at my mom's, and uh, praise the Lord for, for my mom having an attic and allowing us to keep some things there. Uh, so we, we were going through some stuff last night, going through some pictures and things. And uh, when, my, when we sold our house, we had to get rid of a lot of our, our stuff, you know. Uh, I know last time I was here, I think I talked about uh, stuff, and I'm not going to get into that again, but uh, I still see that we have lots of storage units around, Amen. <laughs> uh, but we have a little bit of stuff, and uh, we have some pictures, and I have trophies from when I was a kid, and you know some of that, and uh, got to go just reminisce a little bit with our kids last night, and that's that's a blessing uh, to be able 
to go back and to see that. But uh, I don't want them to, to focus on stuff. I want them to know what God has done for us. Uh, while we were on deputation, I'll just tell you a quick story of deputation and, and uh, just kind of tie that into today. But uh, when, when we started on deputation, meaning when we started on our travel, <clears throat> we had, I think, $100 coming in a month. Uh, so praise the Lord for that $100. Uh, that is, uh, at the time, that was one, one night in a hotel. <laughs> so we just had to cover the next 30 days, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, plus gas and food and everything else. So, uh, <clears throat> so we, we started out, you know, God wants us to go. God's going to make a way for us to go. <clears throat> Excuse me. So <clears throat> we went and uh, we sold, sold everything and gave away uh, what we didn't sell and threw a bunch of stuff away too. Uh, the things that filled up our garage, right? The things that we put into storage units. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so uh, we were traveling, uh, and this was early on. I, we started traveling full time in May, started out in Maine, and then uh, we, we made our way. Uh, to the south uh, by July, and uh, in that travel, we had God was giving us wisdom as we went along. Uh, you know, Corey, you don't have enough money for hotel rooms. You need to find a better way. So we bought a tent. Amen. <clears throat> Tents are cheap. That's that's basically the price of a hotel room. So we bought a tent, and as long as we stayed uh, in certain areas at ter- certain times of the year, we'd be okay. Uh, so uh, we were down south, and we were staying uh, in uh, North Carolina, and uh, we we stayed, stayed this. This is our first night with our tent. Uh, we were very. Uh, we had a lot of learning to do. I'll say it that way. <laughs> so we didn't have uh, air mattresses. Uh, we we barely had pillows, <laughs> but uh, uh, so we slept on the ground, and uh, it was just it was rough to say the least. Uh, you just kind of turned from rock to rock during the night, you know, and you're watching the stars and you're watching the moon and then you watch the sunrise. And it's like, okay, I guess it's morning. <clears throat> and uh, so I got up that morning. It was a Sunday morning and we didn't have a meeting that morning. That evening we did, so we were going to find a place to, uh, to go to church. I had a place picked out already and we were, we were going to get ready. So I went and, and cleaned myself up in the shower house and uh, came back out, and as I'm walking back to the tent, my wife is talking to two women, and uh, they're all dressed in their Sunday best. Uh, and uh, as I get closer to the vehicle, one, one of the women woman says to the other one, these people are independent fundamental Baptists. You just don't hear that very often. <laughs> so I knew, God, you know, maybe God's doing something here. These people are obviously uh, like-minded. So I got closer, and I got to hear from my wife, you know, what's, what they're saying. And she said, well, these, uh, these people are, are here. Uh, and uh, one of the couples, the, the man was preaching in a church that morning, and uh, they wanted us to go with them. So, well, great, you know, praise the Lord. We've got a place to go. So we, we followed them uh, to church. They stopped. They bought us breakfast that morning, which is a blessing. Uh, and uh, then on our way, we continued and uh, went to church, and uh, I got to uh, present the ministry, which uh, was just really good practice. It was the, the church that was there was, uh, was having a hard time and so forth. So, um, but it was good practice for me. I praise the Lord for that. 
uh, and uh, went to lunch. They bought us lunch at a Mexican restaurant. Hey, man! <laughs> and uh, so uh, after that was done, uh, we went out to the parking lot, and uh, this, the, there was two couples, an older couple, a younger couple. The younger man was in paving, and he's got his own business, and, and he, um, he gave me a Baptist handshake, uh, $200, which is twice as much as I was getting in support. So it was like, wow, you know, God, God was just giving us one of those, go get them, you know, those little pick-me-ups that God gives us. We've got to remember those pick-me-ups. You know, we, we want to focus in our flesh on all the, the just the, the terribleness that's around us and how the world is falling apart, and, and we can put ourselves in a bad place. But God, all, God always, and has to all of us, given us a pick-me-up. And we all have that story. And we got to remember those stories. And for us, with this, uh, this young, this couple, I just call them a young couple, they're at least my age, uh, they, uh, that Christmas, so this was about August, that Christmas, they sent us a love offering. Christmas. They don't even know us. You know, we, we met them like one morning. And they started following us on Facebook. And then uh, the next year, and the next year, and the next year, they, they, they keep sending us these, these love offerings, you know, essentially supporting us. Uh, and uh, about a year ago, they, they started, maybe it's two years ago, they started, uh, they took over a church, and he's now pastoring a church. And we were their first missionaries that they took on. All because God led us to buy a tent. God led us to a campground. God led us to a spot in that campground right next to him. I mean, it's just, it's amazing the things that God does. And I want my kids to know, that wasn't me. That was God. It was God. <clears throat> God has done amazing things in our lives. And he continues to work. Amen? It's, he does, he's, he's taken us... Well, I'll give it. Keep it up. Yep. Moving on. I want them to know my God. Verse number 9. And he said unto his people, this is Pharaoh now, Behold... The people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Think of that. The people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. You know, the, the world knows God's people are mighty. And they want to keep us down. They know. They want to keep us quiet. They want to keep us in fear. You see that a lot in our world today. Where right is wrong and, and wrong is right, and, and you're not allowed to have the, the right opinion and, and speak about the truth of God. You're not allowed to because you're, you're immediately stopped. But we can't be like the children of Israel and just say, okay, we go along, we go along, and because before too long, we're, we're at the same place that they ended up. We have mouths, we have voices. We just, on Tuesday, we're... We're blessed with having some of our uh, representatives, current representatives in Augusta and future representatives, Lord willing, uh, there, and uh, I'm excited with what they're doing. But they said something, one of them, I can't remember who it was, but they said something that, that, really, that really struck me, and, and uh, I, if I was still in the States, it would, it would make me do something. Uh, you know, you may not end up in Augusta, but maybe you should run for the local school board. It all starts at home. It all starts here. And, you know, if we got into that local 
aspect of politics, maybe we wouldn't have such a debacle in the, in the federal level because we're moving in a, a right direction. God's people have been silent too long. <clears throat> and they know they want to keep us down. They want to keep us down. Uh, he says, come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Now, just a couple of things here. In verse number 10, he says, let's deal wisely with them. We'd be wise to deal wisely with the children of Israel. Amen? Those are God's people, and they should always be uh, somebody that we're helping, somebody that we're, we're for. We're for Israel. That's God's people. That's God's land. Uh, the, that's the, the Holy Land. Um, we, we should make sure that when Israel has a problem, we're helping them with that problem. It's almost like it's our problem, because that's God's people. He's our God. Amen? Uh, that's, that's the first thing here. But then we also have uh, the, the, the world and their, their treasure cities. He's just building up treasure cities. It's, it's sin. It's the sin. Sin is just sparkly. Literally, oh, that looks so nice. And it's just sin. It's pointless. In the end, it has no meaning whatsoever. These are just pleasure cities. They have zero purpose. They don't help anybody. They don't lead people to God. They don't encourage people uh, in, in anything. It's just for fun. For fun. And that's what sin is. Sin will... will uh, you know, it's, it's, they'll, they'll draw you in with making it look like it's something it's not. Make it look enjoyable. Make it look nice. And, uh, oh, you've got to have this. You've got you know, you to do this. You've got to go there. Uh, and it's all leading you to a path of destruction. And they don't tell you that. Why, why do we have a, such a, a drug problem in our, our world, not just in America, it's in our world. Why? Because they make it sound nice. You know, the, uh, the, the heroin addict, the, 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 the crack addict, pretty much any addict in, in a heavy, heavy drug, they don't pay for the first one. They don't have to pay for the first one. Because as soon as you do the first one, you're, you're gone. You're chasing that for the rest of your life, most people. You're chasing it. They, get you, they draw you in. They draw you in. In our video, you'll see a, a billboard of, of somebody drinking uh, alcohol, and it's, we've seen the commercials. It looks wonderful. Oh, it's so great, right? Yeah, right. But then you see people that are addicted, like we have... Uh, in Kenya, where the alcohol is cheap and it's it's just brutal, and they get they get drinking it and it just like it just knocks them out basically. Uh, I, I remember one 
one Saturday, I was, I was getting um, my bull bar fixed on the front of my, my vehicle. And uh, as they were fixing it, I was witnessing to a guy that was also having some work done on his vehicle. And as I'm witnessing to him, this is like 9.30 in the morning. I'm witnessing to this man, and as I am, uh, across the street, a guy stumbles and he falls uh, right on his face, right in front of us. He's totally out of it. At 9.30 in the morning, gone. Uh, I, know, I know people, uh, as soon as they get paid, you're not going to see them for a couple days. They're out. And it's sad. Because when you talk to these people, you know they don't, they don't want to do that. They don't want to be consumed by that liquid. didn't start that way. It started out, this was, it's going to be awesome. You're going to have so much fun. You'll love it. No, no, no. Your life is going to be ruined. You'll lose everything. 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 Think of the things that are most dear to you. You're going to lose those things over this liquid. It's a sad thing. We hope someday that we'll be able to... The, the land that we're looking at, we're looking at two parcels. They're two separate parcels, uh, but they're right across the street from each other. The same people are selling. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be able to buy as he sees fit, uh, if that's the place. Buy one of them for the church. It's uh, just under an acre and uh, have a church property there, and we've got it back there with a the, uh, little picture of it, what we hope, uh, church property and a field for the kids to play and so forth. Um, and then across the street, if God allows, I know that he's put this in my heart, and he's put my wife and I in, in, in this uh, place where we've had to deal with it with loved ones, um, addiction, and a place that... Uh, we can help those that want help. Uh, I'd love to be able to build a men's home there and, uh, and just help them get out of that junk, and get out of that life and get things, uh, you know, you, through, through the grace of God and through the love of God, back on your feet and let's figure this, figure this out and uh, get going in the, in the right direction. I'd love to be able to do that if, that, if that's God's plan. And I know that he's, he's put that in our heart. Uh, and uh, we'd love that opportunity to do it uh, if God provides. Amen? <clears throat> they built these treasure cities. Had no purpose. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. You know, we talked about uh, Egypt being the world. And of course, the world, uh, the prince of this world is the devil. Satan, the devil, <clears throat> prince of the air, Satan. The children of Israel grieved Egypt. They were grieved because of the children of Israel. Amen? Is Satan grieved because of us? Is he upset with us? Ah, they keep serving God. Ah, they keep going to church. Oh, they keep giving out those gospel tracts. Oh, they keep trying to reach their neighbors. They keep talking about Christ. Is he grieved because of us? Is he grieved? Are we living our life in a way that grieves the devil? 
Or are we living our life where the devil says, I got them right where I want them. They're living just the way I want them to. They think they're serving God, but oop, they missed it. They're not doing God's will. They're just going through the motions. The motions. I have people, uh, I've had people say, oh, you're religious. Whoa, no, no, no. I'm not religious. The religious people killed Jesus. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> I'm not one of those. Amen? <laughs> no, no, no. I have a relationship. A big difference. I don't go through these motions. I'm, I'm not... Uh, uh, I'm not like that whatsoever. And I praise the Lord for that, that, that the, God has led me to understand the difference between those two. Amen? Not the religious people. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. Everything started out as, oh, we'll just, we're, we're going to have you guys build these cities. That's how the bondage started. And then it got harder and harder. That bondage got worse and worse and worse and worse until we see you can't leave. You're not going anywhere. You want to go worship God? No, no, no. You're staying right here. That's how sin starts. You know where Moses didn't get to decide that he was born in Egypt. He didn't get to decide that. Amen? We don't get to decide that we're born in sin. We just are. We're born in sin. Just like he was born in the world, which is uh, uh, Egypt, which was sin. That's the way we're born. But God made a way. Amen? God made a way for Egypt, uh, for Israel to get out of Egypt. It took a long time. You know, it's interesting to look at Moses being 80 years old before he was ready. Before he was ready. I look at myself, I was, I was uh, 35 before I got to the mission field. That's, that's not old, I understand. But that's older. And I wasn't 22. I had been through some stuff <laughs> in life. And, uh, you know, Moses went through a lot of stuff to get to where God could use him. There's people that God's still saying, you're almost ready. You're almost ready. Just keep going. Keep going. you got a few more things to learn. Don't say you're never going to serve God. Because there might be a time where God meets you in the street and he says, it's time. It's time. Go and do this for me. Just always be ready to serve God. Always be growing and, and maturing and uh, understanding God's word and uh, following him and and uh, loving Him and growing that relationship that you have with Him so that He can use you. Always be able to be used. If you had told me when I was 20 years old that, hey, you're going to be in, living in Africa someday, you're nuts. You're crazy. They have places for people like you. <laughs> you know? it's, I, I wouldn't believe it for a second. If you had told me 10 years ago I would have said, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, I'm not sure, maybe. 
even no, yeah, probably about 10 years ago would be that, that point where I was like, I don't know, God's sending me somewhere. God's going to do something. Uh, at that point, I had finally committed myself to do whatever God wanted me to do. So if that's what God wanted, I was going to go there. Uh, and clearly, that's, that's what he wanted. You don't, you don't choose a lot of times, most of the time, to go live in Kenya uh, on your own. It's just, you know, why would I do that? I, I, I can go here, I can get good pizza lots of places. Amen? It's, it's everywhere. You can get Mexican food all over the place. Chinese buffets. I mean, it's all right here. It's just, you get excited about that. You don't have that sort of thing where I'm from. Not that we don't have good food. We do. My wife's a good cook. Amen? <clears throat> but they're in hard bondage. You know, we're born, we're born in that sin. And sin is one of those things where it doesn't, it's not an immediate thing where you're, you're stuck. It's a slow wrapping up in bondage. Very, very slow, slow, slow. Somebody's moving to Tennessee. Who's moving to Tennessee? We were, we were in Tennessee. Uh, what is it? Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, we were uh, east of that, near uh, east of Knoxville. I don't know where Johnson City is, but <laughs> east of Knoxville. Uh, we, we were staying at a place. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful place in the mountains. And uh, there's, there's a, the hillsides there, the mountains and the hillsides. And there's these weeds everywhere. Everywhere. It looks nice because it's all green, but it, you can tell that that's, that's a weed. That's, that vine is a, is a weed. So they, they had brought that uh, weed in, I think, from Japan, and it just took over. It just took off and took over. And so it's everywhere now. You know, that's, that's what sin's like. Just that little bit, and all of a sudden, whew, and you're stuck. You're wrapped up, twisted up in this, in this life, in sin, and you can't get out. You're stuck in bondage. You may want to get out, but you can't. And we see the children of Israel like that. They're in bondage. But God brought Moses to bring them out of bondage. And God gave us Jesus Christ who paid for our sin and took us out of bondage. Amen? We're free at last. Amen? November 12, 1999, I trusted Christ free. Free from sin. Amen? Amen? Do I still sin? Am I a human? <laughs> you know? We fight with stuff all the time. All the time. But I'm not stuck in sin anymore. I have Jesus and I have God to help me grow and to sin less. Amen? <clears throat> We're not sinless, but we can sin less. And someday we'll be perfect. I can't wait for that day. Amen? I'm excited about it. Uh, <clears throat> the, the wages of sin is? But. But. The gift of God. It's a gift. It's open to everybody. Everybody. You don't have to be a certain person. You don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to be a certain income level. You don't have to be a certain color. You don't have to be uh, a certain intelligence. Praise the Lord. I wouldn't have made it. (laughs) It's free. Free gift. 
Jesus paid for it. You don't have to do anything. Just receive. Believe in him. Thou shalt be saved. Amen? He's a door. A door. We can all walk through a door. Or roll through a door. Or crawl through a door. We can get there. Amen? We can all get there. It's only through Jesus. God used Moses to get the children of Israel out of, uh, out of Egypt, and God, uses, uh, God used Jesus to pay for our sins so that uh, we could be saved. Never to return. Amen? Never wanting to go back. Amen? God took Moses and said, get the children of Israel out of Egypt. They're never going to go back. Right? Go to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers 14. Numbers 14, starting in verse... uh, we'll, We'll start in the first verse there. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. That's because they... God had told them the promised land, showed them the promised land. They get the report back about what the promised land looks like, and, ooh, this is not going to be good. This might be difficult. These guys are huge, (laughs) big people, giants, uh, the sons of Anak. They were giants, the Bible says. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? What? And they said one to another, Let us make us a captain and let us return into Egypt. They wanted to go back. They wanted to go back to bondage. To be slaves. Too many of us are returning back. Too many. We see the light. We receive the light. And we say, oh, that's too hard. That life's too difficult. I like my Sundays too much. I don't want to go to that place every week. I don't want to go on Wednesday nights. I don't want to do this and do that. And, and you know, God, God has to mold us and to carve away and carve away, and carve away. And we all have a testimony of what God cut out of our lives. Amen? And I hope you consider the testimony and and consider where God brought you from and where you are today. I know for me in my life, there there was people I had to stop hanging around with. I had to carve that out of my life. There were Activities I didn't partake in anymore. I had to carve it out of my life. 
I remember I, I used to go often, basically every Friday or Saturday night, I'd go to my cousin's house with my brothers and I uh, love them all dearly. But there's activities that took place that I couldn't be a part of. Not anymore. Not, not because I wanted to live for God. So I, didn't, I couldn't live in that, that, that way. So I had to separate from that. They were friends that I had to separate from. And I remember uh, my, my cousin, about six months after, I had, I had really started growing the Lord. I was my, uh, 24 and I'd really started growing in God, really got grounded in church in Turner, Maine. Uh, and um, my, I saw my cousin, and he said to me, you're different. You've changed. Praise the Lord. Amen? I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to still act like that guy. God changed me. God changed me. And I praise the Lord for that. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. The devil always wants to trip us up and get us back, get us back. Fall. Send something our way, a stumbling block, somehow, some way. Don't be a stumbling block for somebody else. Amen? Don't be the one that the devil uses to push somebody out of church. We have that oftentimes in our churches. Oh, love people, love people. You know, somebody comes back to church, they haven't been here for a long time, it should be a celebration. We should be grateful. We shouldn't be saying, where you been? Where you been? What have you been up to? (laughs) No, no, no. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord they came back. Amen? That was one of the things that I know I hesitated with going back to church. Because I spent years out of church, uh, even after salvation. And I, I knew it wasn't good. knew the life I was living wasn't good. What are people going to say? What are people going to say? So glad to see you. Glad to have you here today. Accepting. Drawing you in. You know, be that one to bring somebody along. Disciple somebody. Hey, you want to get a coffee? You want to go to Dunkin' Donuts? Hey, man! I like the South. I'm not from the South, but I like, you know, they're, they're just, whew, they get excited, amen? <laughs> Be that person to, to, to bring them along. They need somebody to bring them along, amen? I, I, I had a Sunday school teacher. It, was, uh, it wasn't until I was in my 20s. It was a young married couples class, the only Sunday school class I ever attended, uh, young, young married couples class that I didn't teach. And... Uh, uh, I, I grew so much going to that class, and, and the, uh, just the, uh, the, the kind of the fellowship and the, the, just the family sort of atmosphere that we had in that class, and doing things as a class, and um, it just made, I made life decisions in that class under that teacher, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, bring somebody along and disciple, it's, it's discipleship, that's what you're doing, you're discipling somebody, amen? <laughs> Don't go back to the world. The world is trying to get you back. The devil's trying to get you back. Don't go back. Some, some of us are trying to live uh, in between. Amen? I got a, I got a, got a toe in. I got a toe out. Uh, not sure what I want to do. <clears throat> I want to just give you just a quick analogy. Don't try this. Let's say, hypothetically, there's an automobile. 
and you're a passenger in that automobile. And you're not sure if you want to go or you don't want to go. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind yet. I'm kind of in and out. So you got one foot in the car, one foot out of the car. You're making up your mind, trying to figure it out. And the driver says, all right, time to go. And they take off. Your, your decision has been made for you. You're out. <laughs> you're done. You're, you're out now. You're probably hurt, too. There is no partial. God doesn't work that way. He does not work that way. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Amen. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. There's no middle ground with God. There's black, there's white, no gray. No gray. Everybody that's in the center, sorry. You're, God's going to spew you out. This section over here, praise the Lord. This section over here, praise the Lord. But, amen? You're in the middle. I'm just kidding. But there is no gray area with God. Uh, that's one thing I... I love about my wife, there's no middle ground with my wife. She's either on fire or she's cold as can be. There's no in the middle. She sets her mind to something, she's going there. Amen? She's going. She, she is like God in that way. There's nothing in the middle. There's no in and out. If, I'm, if she's going to do something, Hold on. It's going to be way better than it really needs to be. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> and she's going to go above and beyond in doing it. Praise the Lord. And if she's not going to do it, nope. Not going to do it. And have no part in doing it. Amen? Amen, Betty Ann? <laughs> so many are trying to live in the middle. So many churches are trying to live in the middle. We got the world in here too. And they're going crazy. And oh man, if you could see some of these places in Kenya where they are, they are just going nutso in church. That's a main term, nutso, right? You know what I mean? They're going ballistic. They're going crazy. Wicked weird. Amen? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> They, they, they think they're serving God. They think that they're worshiping God. And really, it looks like they're at a nightclub. I, it's crazy. How can you think that that's what God wants from you? He doesn't. But that's where they're at. And do you know where we need to meet them? Where they're at. We've got to teach them to come out of that. Come out. That's not worshiping God. There's so many things that we deal with that, you know, people come into our church. Uh, right now, we're, we're still, uh, we have been a cappella. Uh, we're going to uh, make the turn. 
my, my firstborn plays the piano. He's been given the gift of, uh, of playing the piano. Amen? Uh, we, my, my son Judson was born when we were on deputation. He's six now, but uh, God led us to a, a place in uh, West Virginia, and he has reasons for what he does, and I believe this is part of the reason. Uh, the place we stayed at had a piano in it. And I don't remember, Corey must have been maybe seven years old. And he just starts hitting keys. And then he starts playing a song. What? <laughs> How did you do that? Where did the, he just puts the sound together in his head. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. I don't, I don't understand it. Because uh, I have zero ability in music. And... Uh, he's grown, and he, that's, that gift has been nurtured, and now he, he plays beautifully. Uh, he's, he's good at a lot of things, and, and God's blessed him in a mighty way that way. Um, so we're going to start having that uh, piano. But up until, even right now, we're, we're a cappella, which is very odd for a, a, a Kenyan church especially, uh, probably African. But uh, there's, there's, it's always loud, and there's a lot going on. Amen? And you come into our church, and we're, I'm not, I'm not quiet, really, you know, especially the certain songs where I'm just singing a solo, <laughs> and I'm enjoying myself and praising the Lord, um, but uh, it's not the loud music, and we don't have a mic, I don't have a microphone or anything, because uh, we don't need one, really, I mean, our, our room is like this size of this middle section here, uh, maybe a little bit bigger, but we, we fit... Um, Probably about 50 in that, in that area. <clears throat> um, so uh, people walk in and they see we're different. Praise the Lord. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. If you think we're going to be like everybody else, you've got another thing coming. Because that's not us. We're, we have come out of the world. You're not going to see that there. You're not going to see us speaking in tongues. Amen? Praise the Lord. You see so many people that you, you lose them because you don't speak in tongues. You lose them. They don't get that teaching whatsoever. You're not, you don't have the Holy Spirit in their minds unless you speak in tongues. Teaching is so wrong. And they're so, it's so embedded in them that when you open up the Bible and you show it to them, it's... it's I don't want to say it has no effect because it has any effect on, on those that really want to know. And there's obviously people there that are, are on the same page with us, but there's many that won't follow or won't join or won't continue coming because of that. The devil will use anything to keep you from where you should be. Amen? Let's turn to John, and I'm going to finish up. I don't know if I went longer or shorter than Pastor would have, but <laughs> John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. We're going to start in verse number 39. Jesus is dealing with some, some Pharisees here. And they're, they're, he's talking about their father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. Amen? If you're, if you're of God, you do the works of God. Amen? 
But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth. See a lot in our world today of that. Which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. He just told them he's not a, they're not of Abraham, and now he's telling them that they're doing the work of their father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent to me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father. He repeats it. Now he tells them plainly who their father is. The devil and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he's a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. In our lives, when we look at ourselves, and we look at our our life, and we look at the things that we do, if we were to evaluate ourselves, understanding there's no gray area, Jesus says you're of God or you're of the devil. Can't be in the middle. You're one or the other. Amen? And when we evaluate ourselves and we look at the works that we do, we're doing them of our Father. The Bible says that. Now we need to know who's our Father. Look at what we do, and we'll know who our Father is. Look at uh, our bank statement, we'll know who our Father is. You look at where we spend our time, and we'll know who our Father is. Look at our speech, we'll know who our Father is. Look at uh, if we love people or we love ourselves, we'll know who our Father is. We should evaluate ourselves. You know, one of the beautiful things that God gives is second chances. Over and over and over and over again. And we celebrate it every year. For some reason, everybody thinks January 1st is the time to start everything new. And uh, to make decisions to do something positive, you know, make a change and do something positive in life. You can do it any day. You can do it every day. His mercies are new. Every day. When we look at where we're at right now, and we evaluate ourselves, and we do that, that balance sheet of our life, who is our Father? Who's our Father? The Bible says your Father's either God or it's the devil. We're either going for God or we're going for the devil. And when we evaluate ourselves, there's been times in my life where I was not serving God. 
I certainly was serving the devil. Did I know it? No. I had no idea. But I can look back now and I can say, man, that was bad. The bad part of my life. Praise the Lord that he brought me out of that. And now I serve my father. Who are you serving? Today, if we just, if you took time this afternoon to write down what your works are, what you do, where you go, where you spend your money, and you said in the end, you hit that enter button and it says who your daddy is. What's it going to say? Do we want to know? If we don't want to know, maybe we need to, to check it and reevaluate. Who's your father? Who's your father? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning that you've blessed us with. And I, I thank you, Father, for this group of people and their love for you. And I thank you for uh, Pastor Richards and his love for you and serving you and uh, for this opportunity you've given uh, for us to be together. I pray that you would speak to the hearts of uh, each one of us that we will consider. We'll consider who our Father is. We'll consider our works. Consider what direction we're going in. And Father, uh, I pray that uh, we would choose right and we would choose you. And I pray that you would uh, speak to the, the hearts of all of us and that uh, you'll point out any, uh, any conflict of that and that we would choose to carve it out of our lives and choose to change for you, to serve you. Father, I pray that if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know you, doesn't know that if they were to take their last breath today, if they would be with you or not, I pray, Lord, that they wouldn't leave today without knowing for sure that uh, Pastor Richards or I'm sure some of the other men or myself will take a Bible and show them how they can know for sure that they're on the way to heaven. I pray, Father, that there's somebody here today that has been struggling uh, with, with some, uh, some issues in life, uh, whether it be addictions or whether it be you're your, your pulling at their heart to do some service for you. I pray that you, they would just surrender to you, that they would put aside the addiction, that they would, uh, that they would follow you, and that uh, those that maybe you're, you're trying to, to pull them in a direction of service of some kind, that they would just surrender, serve you. It's a beautiful thing that we get to do to serve you. And I pray, Father, that others will commit to do that as well. Bless each one. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, bless the remainder of the service. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.